Hi, this is Katrina Adams, and you're listening to Brothers on Tennis. So, yeah, so let's, let's, so Ozzy, what's going on with you? What's the latest? What's the good news? Tell me something. Yeah, man, just enjoying this tennis, man. I don't know how many of the folks uh, who are on now kind of was listening to our podcast here, but man, there was some good tennis this past week, bro. Real good tennis. Real, real good tennis. So no, you know, while I, you know, as much as I could outside of, you know, doing my little work from home, I was uh, trying to take in as much of, of the, you know, as many of the matches as possible and, uh, yeah, man, just uh, it, it's been good, man. I was really happy for my girl, uh, Sabalenka, uh, again, running off that double, uh, getting the singles and the doubles crown. Um, yeah, impressive. First, yeah, very impressive. First time doing something like that. So to me, like I said, I feel like she's laying the right foundation to make her way into that top 10 and really start, you know, you know, kind of taking it to the top, top player. So um, I, I'm very proud of her. Very, very happy to have her on the squad. Well, you know, and I want to make an observation. I I really like the fact that we're starting to see more of the top players again commit mm-hmm. to doubles. Yes. You know, yes. Um, uh, you know maybe the, the very top aren't playing, but I think pretty much when you get to the lower top 10 and down, most mm-hmm. of these people are, are, are playing doubles nowadays. I exactly man yeah they're getting out there trying to get after it and uh I just think it's a it's a very it's a very cool thing very very cool thing and um yeah I think that she will see that success a lot more often because again she's got a great doubles partner in uh, Elise Mertens who Uh is also you know fighting to be up in the top you know 20 top 15 so to me, yeah, I, I, I definitely feel like those ladies are going to be able to pull in some serious hardware on the doubles court. That is for Sheezel. Right. Sheezel. Yeah, and, man. And and one of the things we learned last week is that Coco Goff, although she lost in the second round of the tournament, mm-hmm. uh, keeping in mind that she won three matches in qualifying to make it to the main draw. So she went four and one for the week, which isn't bad. Right. She has now achieved a new career high ranking of 47. So this 14 year old, I'm sorry, this 16 year old girl is just absolutely doing it. Uh, I'm telling you. And, and, and Isaac, didn't you have a story about how like she, how like the tennis channel commentators were trying to rate her. Right. Exactly. So, um, yeah, they had this little segment as far as, you know, finish this sentence and they were talking about, you know, Layden Hewitt is blah and, and this person is blah. And they said, you know, for Coco golf, I would give her a, a grade of blank for 2020. And so the, um, Noah, Noah Eagle, I think is his name, went to uh, Chanda first <clears throat> and said, so, you know, hey, Chanda, what would you put? And she was like, oh, I'd say a BB plus. And she kind of started going into it and talking about, hey, you know, you know, she's done well, and, you know, but, you know, really the, the uh, pandemic has sort of, you know, kind of gotten her, gotten her out of her flow that she was in before, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and she, you know, she was solid. And, and for me, I had, I was kind of looking at it and I said, well, I was giving her an A minus, but, you know, just because of the double faults and her need to, you know, to, to clean that up. Well, folks, they, they panned over to Nick, uh, Nick Pereira or Pereira and yeah. Nick was given side eye and was like, I would give that young, he was like, I would give that young lady an A plus. She was like, he was like, 
she is 16 years old. She's doing all the stuff you done, you done said that, you know, she's been doing as far as, you know, making it into tournaments and making an impact, dealing with her stardom and blah, blah, blah. And with this pandemic, he was like, there's no way I could give her anything but an A+. And, and Chandler was kind of like, oh. And I was like, and sitting on my couch, like, oh. And uh, Chandler very quickly... <laughs> Yeah, Chanda quickly was like, oh, yeah, and then all the social justice, her speaking out, and blah, blah, blah. And, yeah, even Chanda was like, it was funny, because right when she she was like, okay, yeah, I, 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 I you know, basically, I bow down. I got you, Nick. I, I bow down. And uh, <laughs> I thought that was great observation on his part, because, again, like we were talking about, Bryce, it's very easy to to put all these heavy, heavy, heavy expectations on the 16-year-old and it's like, she's 16. Think about what she has done. She most definitely deserves an A+. Um, right. And, yeah. and, and I think it just shows how the way we view her yep. has transcended about being so much a phenom as to real professional, woman professional tennis player expectations. Exactly. Yeah, it's exactly. And, um, you know, I, I, she, she to me is living up to it. And then some, I mean, so I'm just proud of her, proud of her team, her family. They, they're doing it right. So no, no, she gets an A plus like Nick Pereira said, we, uh, shame on, shame on us for, for giving her nothing but, but you, you should have saw that side eye he gave though, right? It was hilarious. <laughs> I was I, like, all right. I like Nicholas Pereira and, um, I do. you and, and, you know, to speaking about commentators, mm-hmm. um, you know, we wanted to acknowledge that. I think we mentioned on the last one that they added Nicholas Monroe as an African, I mean, he's an African-American male, uh, primarily doubles player wow. um, to their commentator uh, roster. And in this past week, they've added Kamal Murray, the coach of mm-hmm. Sloan Stevens, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I thought was a, a, a great add. Uh, absolutely yeah i love kamal love the fact that he's a coach he brings a lot of different perspectives so to me that was a really good uh a good ad and he's got some great fashion sense because like i said he was looking like pharrell up on there with the no socks and the hot pants i was like all right you yeah come there. you better come there with a look all right 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 no yeah <laughs> hey and i'm all about him expanding his brand because we know he also still runs uh, that kind of tennis academy in Chicago. In Chicago, that's right. That's yeah, right. So, so he is definitely uh, doing his thing. Yeah. And um, and now they just need to get rid of a couple of the other commentators that are just hanging around for the paycheck. Because I tell oh, you what, my goodness. that that daggone Jimmy Arias. Ooh. Pray. I, I, I don't know if I can do it. I don't, I can't do it much longer with that dude, man. I, man, I'm like I said, it's UMB. I I am not a Jimmy Arias fan from a commentator standpoint. He's just he's dry. He's he's not a good sarcastic. I don't mind sarcasm. I in fact I enjoy it. I enjoy a little bit of sarcasm because I think Carrillo throws a bit of that in there. Navratilova will mm-hmm. throw some of that up in there. But I <laughs> yeah. I like their level of sarcasm. To me, his is just. It's just like, really, dude. I mean, it just it just feels unnecessary at times. So, right. yeah, I'm just I'm 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 yeah, just just not a big old big fan of uh, Jimmy Arias on the mic. The, the vibe that I get from him is that, you know, he felt. I mean, and he was kind of a child prodigy when he came up, but mm-hmm. I don't think he felt like 
he got the shine that he really wanted or he doesn't right. get the, or he doesn't get the respect for being like one of the OG kids that came right. up and right. and part of that is because he doesn't have you know the the accomplishments yeah, it's the resume um, it's all about the right. resume he doesn't have a resume, resume to do that i mean he mm-hmm. was a good he was a good top 5 player but yeah. He was steadily taking the L from McEnroe and Connors <laughs> and, and Lindell and I, I mean they were like, "Yes, I got Jimmy <laughs> in my section." That's oh, all yes. I need to see, right? I mean, get it, but <laughs> but and I think he and I think mm. he has like this kind of very biting sarcasm uh, with the young ones coming up, kind of like hating on them a little bit, mm-hmm. and. Um, and I'm like, man, you let your you let your whole thing shine through a little bit, and yeah, no, I, I completely agree with what you're saying, brother. Like I said, they need to put us on the board of Tennis Channel for selecting the people that they're gonna have as announcers. Because I'm gonna tell you what, there'd be a whole bunch of folks getting a pink slip. I ain't trying to play <laughs> with you, right? Like, I'm sorry, right. you've got to go. <laughs> oh my goodness! And you know what the tennis channel, and, and now I'm, we're not going to just sit here and bash the tennis channel because no. I, you know, they for the most part they do an amazing job, and I'm yes, I, I can we can truly remember the days when there was no tennis channel, so we we get a whole lot more than we used to get. But whoever makes some of their decisions sometimes on what they decide to air versus what they put on. Tennis Plus and Tennis Channel Plus and right. I I don't know. They just they've made some really weird decisions lately. And I don't mm-hmm. know if it's because they're trying to push people to pay that ninety nine dollars. Uh, <laughs> Is it ninety nine? I thought it was like ninety nine for the year. Good lord. Okay. Yeah, that's probably why I ain't got it. Right, yeah. No, they no. <laughs> you know, they they not they not getting out from me. No. Um but yeah, they you know I, I there there are a few areas I would like to see them tighten it up. But uh, you never know what's going on behind the scenes with you know contracts and deals and agreements and exactly just never know. You just you know. never know. But um, but yeah, I mean you know I'm just happy that they got the tennis channel and the fact that we can watch tennis. You know. 24 hours a day at this point, because I remember back in the day where, man, we'd be just scratching for tennis to be on right. TV. You'd be like, dang, where can right. I find something, you know? And, and and don't you remember when they used to show matches and then they would show, like, let's say it was a women's match that went three sets. They would show, like, the first set and the beginning of the second set. <laughs> they would be like, uh, due to con- uh, constraints with time, we're going to uh, advance this match to halfway in the third set. Uh-huh. Oh man, really? Now that used to piss me off because then you pretty much knew who was going to win at that point then. Because yeah. it's like, come on, man. Or when they would cut it to only an hour and you'd be like, okay, so whoever wins the first set basically is going to win because since y'all didn't cut the time, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, we can add here, people. So, yeah, but no. So they we have definitely come a long ways as far as uh, tennis broadcasting goes. So I'm very happy about that. But um, but yeah, you are right though. There have definitely been some questionable choices um, that uh, Tennis Channel has made in the past. But uh, hopefully, it'll it'll be improved going into 2021. I'm so excited, Bryce, about 2021 though. Very excited. What, what's, what's got you excited? 
Well, just the fact that we're going to start a new tennis year, I think with everything that's happened in 2020, a lot of the tournaments have learned um, how to run a tournament and do it safely. So I do right. feel like the calendar will remain relatively intact. There may be some tournaments canceled here and there, but definitely I think there will, it will be more of an exception based than the norm. Um, so I'm just really, really excited about having another full calendar of tennis, you know, in really the next two months. So we just got, you know, our two month uh, layoff and it's not even two months. It's about a month and a half because the guys are playing through mid-November. And then, you know, you got a, a few weeks to just sit back, enjoy football, take it all in. And then next thing you know, January will be here and hey, more tennis. And yeah. Serena can hopefully yeah. get that 24. Quit playing around. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> really, it, it is down to this year for Serena. That's it. I mean, because I don't see her going into 2022. I don't either. I, I really don't either. And I don't think she should. I feel like they need to go on ahead and expand their family, have some more pretty kids. You know what I mean? Just go and get some, have some kids and, and, and you know, live your best life. Because I want that for Serena. I want that for Serena and Venus. They deserve it. I mean, they've changed the game in such a way that, yeah, they deserve the time, you know, just to finally sit back and smell the roses, if you will, of all of their accomplishments. Um, but, yeah, Serena, she got it. She got more work to do, though, man. She got work to do. And so, Bailey, we see you emphasize you need Serena to get that 24. <laughs> why, why was the need emphasized? You can either type it or do you want to come up and talk about it? Talk about it, Bailey. I want to hear it. Because we feel the same way. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Let me see if I can get at. I invited Bailey to come up and uh, talk about it. Yeah, because I'm I'm right there with you. Need is 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 underlined. Oh, okay. Uh, she, uh, Bailey's gonna just type. They okay. got a lot in the background. Oh, okay. Got it. Okay. No, I love now, it. I, 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 and, and while Bailey is typing, I'll know, I know what I need for Serena to get that 24 mm-hmm. is because I don't want anybody to even fix their mouth. <laughs> Not to even fix their mouth to right. say that somebody else is in the discussion. And, um, and, and so Bailey's saying need it because well it seems to me like folks still won't acknowledge her greatness. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and that will absolutely seal it at that point. You can't you can't say, oh well, Margaret Court actually has twenty four, even though we know that eleven of hers where she just had to beat the the, the lady that was working at the milk store. <laughs> exactly. The you, you know, um, so <laughs> right, so that there's just no because this is one of the things that I have learned since we've started doing the podcast and, you know, I've done more research and, you know, I've interacted with more people online. Yes. There are way more Serena haters out there than I thought. Yeah. There's a lot. There are a lot. Yeah. And I know like everybody doesn't like everybody. So it's not like I thought like, Oh, everybody loves Serena, but I was surprised to see how many people just really don't like Serena. Now, then again, I look at our current climate and I look at well, some of the stuff that's going on well, in the United States. And then I kind well, of understand a little bit more. Yo. But, but 
Yeah, it really blew my mind. Um, yeah, and Bailey's saying her getting 24 makes her go case non-debatable. I mm-hmm. totally agree. Right, because there will always be, you know, regardless of the, you know, um, what do they call it? The um, the age of, what what's the tennis called when they... Um, Open, open. Oh, the open era. Open era. Thank you. Yeah. The regardless of the whole open era thing, and yeah, I always feel like what will happen is depending on who's broadcasting, they're always going to put Margaret Court's face right before Serena's if she doesn't equal her in the number. Right. And that will make right. those who are not in the know think, oh, well, how can she be the greatest when you got you know this lady over here who's got twenty four, not knowing the backstory? No. They, right. To me, that that shouldn't even be something that you know is is plausible it should always be her being you know first on that list right right so, I, so. I i totally agree yeah now and i'll tell you what's going to be interesting though is i think on the men's side mm-hmm. and 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 i and i and, you know first of all i i completely agree with rafael nadal whenever we start talking about the whole goat thing he said wait till everybody's done playing Right. And then we talk about it. But, you know, one of the things that I think may happen on the men's side is that I think this is going to be one of the first times that you see people kind of make a departure from just the whole having the most Grand Slam titles, singles titles. Right. Right. Makes the GOAT. Because, you know, obviously we've talked in the past about just you know, the image and, and the presence that Roger Federer has had for tennis, that kind of mm-hmm. gives him a goatness for the stuff that he's done off the court and, and the, the type of ambassador he's yep. been for tennis. Yep. And then you got to look at Nadal and just some of the things that Nadal has done. Like, I don't know if anybody will ever win 13 <laughs> titles at a particular major. Yep, and counting. And counting, right? I just don't know that someone will do that and still will have been number one in the world, still Mm -hmm. will have had Olympic uh, gold singles and doubles, that Mm -hmm. still will have at least one major title at each of the other majors. Um, It's kind of a shame that he's never won the year-ending championship. Right, right. Because I think that's like, well, isn't that the like one kind of remaining? Yeah, that's thing? the gap he's got on his resume is because again, it's a fast indoor surface, and that by far is Rafael Rafael Nadal's worst surface. It's it's worse than grass for him. Yeah, especially um, when you play in the top eight players in the world. I mean that, and that's what makes that that championship such a status symbol if you will or an elitist because you basically have to play all of the top eight whereas even in a grand slam you don't necessarily have to do that you're going to run across one or two of them but in that tournament year in you know and a lot of people don't give the year in championship enough credit for that is you are playing the top eight players for that year so everybody who was hot is coming up in there and you basically got to take them out and to get the title so yeah, unfortunately, it has not worked out well for Rafa Nadal when he's uh when he has been uh, uh, at the year in championships. So then, are you one of the people that are of the mindset that the year in championship should rotate surfaces so that it is more 
kind of fair. Well, but it just, I, I would say yes, but at the same time, it still depends only because someone who is magnificent on clay may make it the year that it's on hardcore and then they may not make the top eight the following right. year. You know what right. I'm saying? So right. it, it's it, in that, in that sense, it's never really going to be completely, you know, balanced and or fair across the board, but I honestly would be in support of it rotating though. I think that having it on different surfaces, different years would actually be a, a nice fun, you know, challenge, if you will. How about you? Because what I, do you think of that? Well, I, you know, I don't know because I, I don't know if you have kind of the counter arguments that is, well, I want an opportunity to win Wimbledon, but it's always on grass. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> you, you, you know? Yeah, that's the, true. It's the most prestigious of the Grand Slam tournament, but it's always on grass. It's always on. Yeah, why you don't know? you put that on hardcore? Put it on <laughs> right. uh, clay. Right. Take the Grand Slam tournaments. Yeah, that's probably not going to happen. So that's a so, great point. Yeah, so you always, I guess, have to kind of wonder, like, when you make a decision like that, what do you open the door for um, beyond that? But but it's not like I'm crying any tears for Rafael Nadal because he ain't never won Mm -mm. the championship. I ain't crying no tears for for none of the big three, right? Let us be clear. They just got money. They got status. And it's always, honestly, I think the GOATS thing is just going to be, in truth, it's going to all be based on who you appreciate the most. I think it's going to differ by person by person because you can make a case for all three of them. Djokovic is going to win more Grand Slams. He's going to get up there in the same numbers as as Rafa and Roger and probably will surpass them. Like I said, I do believe that Rafa's got a good two, three, if not more French Opens in him at minimum. So he might be talking Serena numbers by by the time he retires. Um, so, I mean, but to me, again, it's really based on, like you were saying, Federer with all of his Grand Slam titles, with his philanthropy, with his just overall leadership and his aura. It just, it's just, and, 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 and what's the word I'm looking for? His, um, um, when you, when you, when you see something beautiful, what's it called? Um, um, Oh gosh, I can't think of the word, but it's just the, the it's not eloquence, but just how he looks on the court. Um, just the beauty oh. as to which he plays. That to me plays into the GOAT. I mean, but some people like the rough and tough boxer Nadal come out there and just rough and, and, and I'm gonna play every point like it's my last. And to me, that's their style. So it's always gonna be something. It's always gonna be a judgment in my I, eyes. I, I think what they should do is they should forget the whole GOAT thing and they should just say the best there ever was was the big three. I agree with you, bro. I think that that's really the only thing that will be a legitimate and will bring all of the camps together. Because one of the things that I think people forget too is not only have they amassed these, these stats that nobody else has been able to get, Mm-hmm. They done it while playing against the other two. Exactly. It's so ridiculous. They are just stingy. They like, mm, y'all can't get in the middle of this. Mm. Nope. <laughs> right. Stay out. Stay out. You can have one or two. Juan Martin and, you know, um, uh, Chilich. Chilich. Yeah. You got one. Team, you got yeah. one. But don't get greedy. And they, you know, they they let uh, Stan and Andy have their little three. So they was like, right. "All right, fellas, you good? We're gonna get, we're gonna let y'all be Hall of Fame." He's like, we "But everybody diversity. else, <laughs> exactly." 
But now everybody else, mm, you better go and walk away from here. You ain't going to get up with this. Right. Yes, right. sir, man. So, no, I agree. I think that that is well stated, Bryce. Just say it was, you know, big three. It was it was yeah. those guys. And I still love and just, just oh, God, listen, I just love the fact that all three of them came up and just put the smack down on Pete Sampras' record. Yes, thank he, you. He thought he was big shit when he went out after that US <laughs> He was like, I got 14. This is my show. I'm going to be the man forever. And those three came along and was like, bitch, anybody scared of your little record? You got that little dinky 14. And the dog like, bitch, I'm going to get your 14 at one damn tournament. Get out of here. I'm not scared of you. Sorry ass. Ooh, I can't stand Pete Sampras. Can't stand him. I know. I know. I mean, I, I totally agree. I mean, they, because I remember when he won that, they were acting like that record was never going to be broken. Right? I mean, was, like, it was golden. Like, he got this. He is just the best of all time and blah, blah, right. blah. I was like, Pete Sampras ain't doing nothing. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were talking about him today and they were saying the one record it looks like he's still going to be able to hold on to is that finishing year number, number one yep. six, six years, years in a row. row that's right that's his claim to fame hey he he can have that he can have and it. i still 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 wish that um he didn't do that oh my goodness i wanted pete to be relieved of all of his records mm-hmm. well i tell you like i said what messed it up was juan carlos ferrero because mm-hmm. if he had beaten Andy Roddick in the U.S. Open final in 2002, Roger Federer would have been the year number one. Because he got it immediately in January. He yeah. became number one in January of, I believe it was 2003 or something like that. And, and never, pretty much never relinquished it. So he would have actually had, I believe, six in a row yeah. if he had had that one. Because he's got five in a row. That's right. Right. Um, he would have had six had he gotten that year in number one. But again, because Juan Carlos Ferrer did not beat Andy Roddick, Andy Roddick ended up being number one and Federer was number two. And you know something, I was listening to a, I think it was a podcast or another discussion. I think something else that people forget too is that you have to give Roger some major props because Roger was around playing and having his heyday before Djokovic and the dog. Yeah, exactly. And, and the fact that he still around and as a full on legitimate member of the big three. Yep. You know, at this time he's playing in his plus years while, you know, you know, I think Nadal just kind of crossed over into his, his plus year and yeah. Nadal, I mean, and Djokovic is, you know, probably coming out of his, in his prime, you know? Yeah. Cause I think what is fed like four years older than Nadal and five yeah. Djokovic. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, because I think Djokovic is like 33 or 34, and I think, yeah, Nadal's either 34 or 35. So, yeah, yeah, you got to take that into consideration as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, okay, we got we got the big man up here. Howard, Yo. how are you? Yo! Yo, what up, Howard? <laughs> what up? Happy, happy Monday. Yes, happy meal, happy Monday. I love it, my man. How are you? I'm good, and it's great to hear from you because I'm here with news. Oh, we love news. Give us the scoop. Let me give you the scoop, gentlemen. Tomorrow, actually tonight at 9 p.m. Pacific, but really tomorrow, 
Don't tell anybody until tomorrow. Locker okay. room is going live on the App Store. Nice. Y'all heard it here first. Y'all yes. heard it here first. Heard it first on Brothers. That's yes. right. Bailey yes. and Kelly Matt. Well, I guess you knew. But Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> she knew, right? She knew. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Well, congratulations. That is awesome. Yeah, yeah. That is great news. To... Congrats to you. Because you know what? When, when these, when these, when these, uh, these tennis fans get on the platform, finally, there's a high likelihood that their first exposure to what a good conversation on tennis is um, will be a conversation with the brothers. Hey. Yes, we are looking forward to it. And, and we are, we're, I mean, we're, we are so excited to start promoting that to our other followers who um, to, to come out and join us as well. Absolutely. So now we can start to have some some bigger conversations. Hopefully you'll get more interaction. And I see my guy Bailey Caldwell in the crowd, too, who I've noticed is one of the biggest WNBA voices on Locker Room. I love it. Love it. Now people get on, he'll be their exposure to WNBA room. So I think it's uh, I think this is beautiful. Let me me just throw this out real quick. A buddy of mine moved to um, Houston, I guess, about a year ago. And he works for uh, UPS. Okay. And he sent a picture about two weeks ago. He went to deliver a package, and it was Tina Thompson. Damn. How? Oh. And he, he actually took a picture with him. What can Brown do for you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's my little uh, WNBA story for the week. Love you know? it. <laughs> love it. <laughs> well, that, well, well, that is awesome. So I'm, I'm going to hit you for some more data then. So, absolutely. We're, we're, so we're going live with App Store, which is amazing. Is, is there uh, a, a, any more information on the time frame for the Android? It'll be a couple months, but we're working on it. Okay. But at least in the short term, you'll get your Apple friends on here. Yes. And we'll, we'll get, we'll get that soon. We'll get Android. Awesome. awesome. That awesome, is awesome. wonderful. Wonderful yeah. news. So you'll have to you'll have to let us know, um, you know, if there's a way that you want us to help promote that. Well, um, you're going to see it on our Twitter, which you guys follow. So we'll have a tweet tomorrow. I'll love it if you could retweet it. And you're also going to see that um, that Axios Sports Business Journal is going to write a story about us. So so go ahead. Nice. And write it. Yeah, go for that. Nice. Awesome, brother. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. So, so at, at what point are you delivering Serena to us? Hey, hey. sir, I'm, I'm actually working. I, I don't like to make promises, especially <laughs> this is a recorded locker room, so I can't say anything. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> but you know, nice, you, if nice. there's one thing you know to be true, is you know, I never stop working for the brothers. Never. Oh, that's right. That we that. we know that. In, that's right. We appreciate that fully. Absolutely, man. <laughs> oh. Yes, absolutely. So that is that is good news. So okay, so I I don't know uh, Isaac if this means now that my mom's gonna start jumping on. <laughs> oh, all right, all right. I know Mama Nancy gonna have a few things she wants to say. So listen, y'all better be ready. I'm ready. Well, all right, guys. I'm gonna hop off, but just good to see you and hear from you. And I wanted to let you know that firsthand. Great. Thanks a bunch. We really appreciate Thank you, it. Well, yes, yes, sir. Love you guys. Bye. All right, yeah, you too. Later.
So oh, that's good news, man. Well, well, oh. that, well that, 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 that is incredible, Bailey, right? Uh, uh, wow. Tomorrow we'll, we'll need to um, highlight our producer tonight and let that's him right. uh, bring him in and let him know the good news. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. And, 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 and what we're hoping and what I am definitely hoping to use this platform for is once we kind of get through this whole what we're doing with Corona, how we handle it, mm-hmm. and how we're able to attend tournaments again, yes. um, I'll be looking forward to be able to doing, you know, very on-site type of discussions with other fans and coaches mm-hmm. and players and all that. Um, and to have that available live here on Locker Room, and, and we'll awesome. continue to, to record it as well, and, and and post them on our website. Absolutely, brother. That's a great plan. I think that is a, and like I said, I think that that was what our kind of pre-COVID plans were, were to be more of a physical presence at the tournaments, and unfortunately, it, they kind of COVID flipped that whole thing around. But that's that's the way to do it, man. Is to just be out there in the mix and interact with the you know, with the typical tennis fans and, and uh, it'll be great to be able to finally get back to something, or not should they get back to it, but be able to execute what we were trying to do. Right. Exactly. Yeah, Love so, that. So talking about things that happened, you know, while the Corona was going on, we know with some of the, uh, the women players, I guess men players too, apparently were doing during quarantine time. And we mentioned before that, um, Taylor Townsend was pregnant and yes. she will be giving birth uh, to her first child in March. But mm-hmm. also we heard that uh, Whitmire is pregnant and oh, she will how be awesome. having her first child uh, in April. All right. So Baby Steva. We got these quarantine babies coming out. That's right. That's right. Yeah. The quarantine kids are coming. They are coming. And- Good for her, though. And you have to imagine, you know, we're seeing more and more mothers on the tour Mm -hmm. uh, nowadays. And both Taylor and Whitmire both said this is not the end of the road for them. They're going to have their babies and then Mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're coming by to the tour. So, you know, once again, when we talk about the Williams sisters being groundbreaking, now granted, Serena wasn't the first uh mother to come back on tour but she did advocate and get the wta to give them the protected ranking right that's right we're coming back from maternity leave so mm-hmm. you know that's a huge incentive now um you know for women to come back on the job you know because we you forget that this is a job for them just like you know many people get up and go into the office eight to five every day that's you, know, right. you have maternity leave and you're able to come back and, and come back to the job you had before. Right. They're trying to replicate that now in the, the world of women's professional tennis. Yep. I think it's, it's just, it, it just makes sense. You know, it makes sense. This is sort of that evolution. Um, and, and I think it's a wonderful thing because I just feel like there's been so much pressure and, you know, you know, women have sort of always just been about focus on tennis, 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 and then, you know, wait until late thirties, if you will, to have a baby. And I like the fact that, you know, there are ladies who are like, no, I'm ready to start my family. You know, the guys, of course, they're able to do it, you know, uh, more readily. And so I, I really appreciate the fact that they are, you know, the tour is recognizing this and they are evolving 
to to better understand it and to support it. So I really think it's a great thing. And and Bailey, once again, coming in with the strong comments, you know, another reason why Serena needs to get up props because mm-hmm. what she and Venus have both done um, off the court for the game of women's tennis. And um, yeah, I mean, yep. it's, 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 um, it really should be a no brainer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but un- unfortunately, uh, and that, and that's another thing too. I want her to come back and I do want her to get a title, a major title as a mom. She, yeah. she, she not, she, she not going to do the Kim Classes thing because Kim <laughs> no. came back and she kind of shut it down for mothers coming back and winning what three. Yeah, pretty much three. Yeah. <laughs> three, three. And still titles. trying to do more. Yeah. Still right. Trying to add. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, she's, um, that that's yeah, I, but I know she wants to get at she wants to get at least one, you know. Yeah. And, and and here's the other thing: since we're talking about Serena, and we got we got we got a super fan on here with Bailey. Yes, um, I really, really, really want her to win the Australian because if she can get twenty four at the Australian, and remember the Australian, she's won. I think she, she got like five or six, right? Six. I think she got six, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so behind Wimbledon, I think that's her second most successful tournament. Uh, yeah, major. Grand Slam major. Yep. Yeah, but I want her to win the Australian because I want her then to have three more opportunities next year to even <laughs> go past that. Exactly. Exactly. I don't want her to have to get to the U.S. Open and it's like, oh, you got to get it done. I want her to get that monkey off her back mm-hmm. in January yes. and then go in swing it freely at the French and and especially Wimbledon in the U.S. Open. Yes. Quietly and, and selfishly. And I agree with you. I want her to win the Australian for those reasons, but also selfishly, I want her to win so that she can play doubles with Venus at Wimbledon. I really, really want to see them back on grass together again. Because I honestly and, believe that they will they will win the women, women's doubles championship if they play together at Wimbledon. Okay, now if we if we really talking crazy, <laughs> if, if, if that's what we doing right now, let's, we, let's we do talk, this. If we talking crazy right now, <laughs> my wish for Serena would be to get the Golden Slam next year. <laughs> yeah. So that so that because that's the one thing they will always hold that Steffi has. Correct. Over Correct. everybody. Correct. If, everybody. If, right, and if she could. If she can win the Golden Slam, which is you know all four majors plus the gold at the mm-hmm. um, at the Olympics, yes, like literally, what has somebody ever done that she hasn't done on the tennis court? Yeah, that, n- nothing. There would be absolutely well, nothing that would. Compare. Well, 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 well. That's where Martina is still <laughs> in play. That's because, true. <laughs> because you have well, first of all. You just, just the number of titles that Martina has and singles, right. doubles, and mixed doubles. Which uh, is nobody, insane. Yeah. But those tournaments where Martina won all three events. Right. Right, yeah. Doubles, mixed, and singles. Yeah, that's pretty... Uh... <laughs> yeah. So we just going to leave Martina out of the question. You know, She's always going to be that asterisk. <laughs> right. And, and they, don't, they don't like giving her no shine anyway. Mm-hmm. So... Um, that we'll we'll be okay with that one. Right, right. Yeah, very well Steffi said, bro. But for Stephanie Graf, no, nah, shut her shit down. <laughs> <laughs> shut them down. Shut them down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, exactly. Man. Oh, exactly. Man. 
I'm with you, bro. And one more thing, and, yeah. and I get what you know. I get what Zena Garrison said about you know Richard Williams won't get his due until Venus and Serena retire. Right. But uh, and and I get that. That makes sense or whatever. But uh, I really want him to get inducted into the International Tennis Hall of Fame before he passes. I, I am one hundred percent agree with that. I think that he should. Um, he is so deserving, um, yes. you know, and, and he should be allowed, you know, time to enjoy his shine versus right. it being after, you know, after, you know, uh, after the fact. So I agree with that completely, Bryce. I'm, I'm 100% with you. Um, because I think, I think what they can do is, and, and once again, this is me asking for a lot because we know how people act. Oh, yeah. But uh, I think for the players, they have to wait five years after they retire. Okay. Okay. But I don't know that that's the case with the coaches. Hmm. Okay. So I, so my thing is, if that's really true, if next year really ends up being Venus and Serena's last year, I would like to see Richard Williams in the class of 2023. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. That really would be awesome. Seriously. And, yeah. And they should let Venus and Serena induct him. Ooh. How nice of a touch would that be? Yeah. You talk about having the feel on something? Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you, bro. That would be incredible. Incredible. Now, I have one question for you. Yeah. Would it just, would they just be doing Richard or would they do it like a Richard or a scene? Ooh. Um, (laughs) You know, I think it probably would be just Richard, even yeah. though Oracine is, you know, she's, you know, she, she'll she be fine with it. She's part of the yeah. camp. She's fine with it. You know, she, she was off, you know, she, she give, give her blunt. She'll be all right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're so wrong for that. <laughs> You're so she'll be, wrong for that. She, but you know what? I love hey, Lisa hey, Oracine. Hey, hey, hey. you, hey, you, you ain't got to give her one. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, baby, I come with I come packing. What you mean? She's like, you ain't got to give me nothing. What? <laughs> hey, and look, James made a very okay, so this all plays mm. into my master plan. James mm-hmm. is saying that the Richard Williams movie comes out next November. Right, right. So if that comes out in November of twenty 20- no, I'm sorry. In 2021, I'm sorry. Yep. I'm off. I'm off. I want to see him inducted in 2022. So after the that, movie, y- yeah, mm-hmm. that that next July. So gotcha. that rolls right nicely. I I think so as well. I agree with that a hundred percent. I just wanted to get it, just plain and simple. I just want him to get it because he deserves it, and just you know, I mean. It, it's you. It is unfathomable to think that someone, a brother out of Compton, who ain't know nothing about a sport whatsoever, could raise two daughters to be number one and two in the world, and to absolutely change the sport. And, you and, just can't. No, no. And let me put a little extra hot sauce on that. Go ahead, friend. Number one, a brother from Shreveport, Louisiana. That's right. Later moved. To, to Compton, that's right. To Compton, that's yeah. Right. I, and case y'all didn't know I'm from Shreveport, so I had to make sure we called that out. Uh, you know, yes. Shreveport, Louisiana. 
Yes. And not only did he do everything that you said he did, he predicted it. They pre- exactly. He told everybody this is everybody. what we're going to do, and they tried to call him all kinds of crazy. Mm-hmm. That's right. And he was all like, okay. He was like, okay. Now I'm going to take actually, my crazies to the bank. Right. And actually, they have done much more than he predicted. Correct. Correct. Yeah, the only thing Richard was wrong with was the fact of when they would retire. Because he said both of them would be gone by 25. Five, right, exactly. And they're now touching up on 40. And they're still <laughs> running. Right. I mean, they, seriously. They, they are still literally the two biggest names in women's tennis. I mean, Absolutely. Serena's the biggest name. But yes. Venus, even though her ranking may not be as high. Mm-hmm. They know Venus. Folks know I, Venus. I, Don't I trip. What? Let me tell you what. A lot more people know Venus Williams than they know Sophia Kennan. <laughs> Am I lying? You are not lying at all about that. No, Uh, that's the truth. Venus got TV shows and everything. Uh Uh-oh, Howard. (laughs) (laughs) Howard, we done done got on one. Right? (laughs) I I can tell. (laughs) Oh, man. Love it. Love it. You're right, though. More people know Venus than Kenan. We don't even have to pretend. No, don't even pretend. Right. So I wish someone would step to me talking about, oh, kids. But I was like, mm, I'm going to punch you in your mouth. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I mean, and they're starting, don't get me wrong. They, they, you know, they, they're getting their shine now. They're, they're getting much more of it, especially Serena, right? But yeah. uh, I, just, I, just, I just feel like as a fan of the game, I hold on sometimes to just the way they were treated in the beginning. Oh, yeah. And it just it just annoys me that with so many of the other girls that come up, we're ready to 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 spoil them with everything when they don't want a, a two fifty level tournament. <laughs> you know, well, hell didn't even win. Hell, did Kornikova <laughs> win a tournament? Let's nope. be clear, did she win a tournament? No, nope, only doubles. Only doubles, exactly. But she was the face of women's tennis because she was yeah. cute. I yep. mean, that's you know, she fit the, all the qualities. Check the box, check the box, check the box. And Serena and Venus did not. And they did it their way. But that is how they changed the game. They changed the image. They changed so many things that it's just, I'm sorry. You you just, that story is just, it, it's it's one that is just, it, uh, it just, like I said, gives me chills every time I just so, think of all of the things they've done. Go ahead, Howard. When you think of the ways that, that our girls have been disrespected over the years, like what stands out to you? Is it Indian Wells? Indian is Wells. It, it's Indian Wells? For me, that's, that's where one. it always starts. I, when, I th- when I think about it, that's always the first one that comes in my head. The fact that you are in your own backyard. You are yep. in the United States. You are in yep. California. You are in your backyard. To have your, a crowd boo you, to the point of, to me, no. Because you're black. Just because you're black. Just because you're black and you're a, ten, you're, and you're a tennis star. I, to me, that is always the, the focal point that will pop in my head anytime I think about it. Is That's you would ridiculous. never yeah. treat anybody. Lindsay Davenport wouldn't have been treated that way. Steffi Graf wouldn't have been treated that way. Monica Sellis wouldn't have been treated that way. But you know what? The Williams sisters were. Come on now. Let's yeah. call it call it what it is. Let's be let's yeah. be let's call it what it is. It, it's hard to argue against that one. I have I have quite a few other ones that are probably not. To, you know what I equate Indian Wells to? Mm-hmm. Uh, I equate it to what we say now about a lot of the, you know, kind of the 
the black male police brutality, they're like, oh, it's so evident now because it's 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 recorded now. You can see it. <laughs> it's been there, you y'all. Know, Venus and Serena will talk about incidents like that that have happened that happened for years to them. But Correct. that one was captured on national television. Correct. Right. Everybody saw that. And right. and and so yeah, that's a hard one. Yeah, that's if you're gonna point out like one particular incident, but I but what I wanna call out about that is they were having maybe not incidents to that degree, but they were having experiences that felt similar. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well before that. And you know, I heard mm-hmm. a story yeah, it's similar uh I heard a story about uh did you hear about Tiger Woods' first masters? No, because no, because no, we no, forget no. Tiger Tiger and, and Serena and Venus were happening in roughly the same time frame, you know. It was, yeah. it, was yep. it was all yep. part of the lexicon to us. But um at Tiger's first masters, some former masters winner was like interviewed like um you know, how do you think he did? At this point, Tiger's like twenty-three. And he's clearly the best golfer in the world. Dude said mm-hmm. something to the effect of like, um, that little that little boy is pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then and then said, next thing they're gonna have to start serving fried chicken at the next masters. Oh yeah, that was a fu- uh, wasn't that fuzzy? Uh, yep. wasn't that fuzzy? Um, that, um Yeah, what's that what's that food's name? Yeah, I know. I, yep. yeah, no, uh, I absolutely remember that. I, yep, right? I, I absolutely remember that. Because see, mm-hmm. I used to live in Augusta for three years. And oh lord yeah I, I i would actually one of my employees his dad was the head groundskeeper at augusta national so i <laughs> right so i went yeah so i went to the practice rounds uh and um yeah i no, i remember that mm-hmm. yeah fuzzy fuzzy there. There. yeah, so, there you yeah. that's who I it was. was yeah i was yeah that was so disrespectful mm-hmm and here's, you wait, here you go. You know it's disrespectful when white when white people tell you. <laughs> yeah, you, you know when, 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 when white people tell you you're wrong. You know that's you when know, you, that's wrong. That's you, when you know you, you're wrong. You know you're wrong, <laughs> right? And what I don't understand, and I'm gonna get completely crazy with y'all is how, why is it that fried chicken get get associated with it? Everybody loves some damn fried chicken. Shit, that's the yeah, best right. Thing. It's that's crazy. The best meal ever. So why you just, I just, I've never understood that because I know all my white friends love them some fried chicken. So the you know fact, what, you, it is you know what so I ridiculous say? to me. Anyone who makes that association and isn't enjoying fried chicken, that's, that's more fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, you know what? I, I, what I thought was the funniest oh, no, that's thing right. Go ahead. is, you, you know that talk show host, Wendy Williams, right? Mm-hmm. She said, she said when she was, was getting ready to become on TV. She said she loves watermelon mm-hmm. and she loves fried chicken. But she said those would be two things you will never see her eat on camera. Like in public, yep. Yeah. Yep. You Who said that? Wendy Williams. She's a, oh. a host or TV like host. I know Wendy Talk show host. Yeah, you know yeah. Wendy Williams. Yeah, when I'm yeah. home, my mom's always listening to her bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. she, she was like, let's be clear. I love both of them, but you will never catch me on camera or on film. Yeah, because it's Eating. the stigma. Yeah, it's right. that whole stigma around it because it's just, you know. I don't know if I ever told you this, Bryce, but like Amy, my niece, Amy right. will not let any, she was like, do not buy any of my children monkeys. I do not 
approve of any monkeys in my house. She oh, she will not. Okay. Amy, that's one that's one of those things for Amy. And it just goes back to, you know, the whole racial thing and, and you know, the whole, even- no, do not bring a monkey to my knees. She she will look at you with some straight side eye and make you take that thing right on out. Not even not even curious, George. No, not even curious, George. She's like, no, yeah. uncle. I was like, for real, Ames? She was like, no, uncle. That's not that's not going down. And it's it's deep like that for some folks, man. And so I attribute the fried chicken and watermelon. Wendy Williams not wanting to do it in October. It's just a stigma that so let me, let me, has let set me, with let folks. Me, let me say on a related note, just to put into perspective the the differences in approach and the nature of the challenge that these stars face. At the <laughs> same time that Serena and Venus were rocking the, the beaded braids. Yes. And, yes. You know, basically becoming the first black voice or pers- modern uh, identities in tennis, right? Yep. Um, at least on the women's side at that at, at, in this era, Tiger Woods was saying Cobblinasian. Yes. Right. I, I remember that. You remember Cobblinasian? I do. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yes. I do. <laughs> Cobblinasian. So it's just interesting because – like, I think for a while there, like, Venus and Serena were black heroes. You know, now, yes. obviously, right. they're, like, larger than life. Like, now we can't even claim them. Now they're, they've got to the <laughs> point where, where America claims <laughs> they, they, them. They've been stolen from us. They've yeah. been stolen from us. Michael Jackson. The, <laughs> yep. The Williams sisters. We lost them in the racial draft. But... Lionel Richie. <laughs> 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 I love me some Lionel. I love Lionel. <laughs> I love Lionel. But uh, but yeah, Tiger. Tiger said. I mean, basically, at an early age, Tiger said, "Screw, <laughs> screw the brothers." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically, I'm not, I'm not black. I'm Cobblin Asian, and I'll leave all that dealing with racist fan stuff to uh, Venus and Serena. <laughs> well, much. but uh, now, but he, but but look at it. But he wasn't devoid of it. You you have identified you know two different approaches right yep and what Tiger Tiger's approach gave him very early success with the whole endorsement that is true yeah and Venus and Serena struggled with that for a a long time yes well yes. well all right I want to put that into perspective a little bit because I'm pretty sure that the Coblin Asian comment came after the Nike deal. Oh, was it after the Nike deal? It was oh, after the Nike deal because it was after the Nike deal and he made that comment on Oprah after he signed the Nike deal and then his first Nike commercial the story goes that the first Nike commercial ever for Tiger Woods was the Hello World commercial. Do you remember that commercial? Mm-hmm, I do. Mm-hmm. Tiger Woods he says Hello World. Then they then they did this other they, Nike didn't know what to do with him. They were trying to make him fit into sort of the uh, this like modern view of, of golf where like he was more of an athlete than a golfer. And so they were putting him in these crazy like athletic looking shoes and um, that didn't really fly on golf courses. And they were trying to fit this um, multiracial narrative. So mm-hmm. he had the sec- his second commercial was the I am Tiger Woods commercial. Where yeah. a bunch of kids of all these different races just said in the camera, I am Tiger Woods, I am Tiger Woods, I am Tiger Woods. Then at the end, he says, I'm Tiger Woods, and he hits an iron shot, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> but then they finally realized that all of these, these – and then he said Asian on Oprah, and that just pissed the black community <laughs> off because the black community was repping Tiger. He was like, what? 
And then they were like, wait, you're in on this, this multiracial stuff? Like, you're black to us. So then they stopped. Nike finally figured out, like, all of that marketing was really weird. And that's when he did the, the juggling commercial. You remember the juggling commercial? I don't remember the juggling one. I don't remember that one. The, ju- the juggling commercial was when Nike figured out how to actually market Tiger Woods. So the story goes, they were there filming a commercial for his, uh, his third commercial, which is was, um, you've probably never seen it before, but it's a commercial where basically he's at the driving range and there are like 30 people lined up behind him at the driving range and they're all hitting independent shots. Then he hits a shot and then the guy behind him hits the same shot and then they get in sync and then they all start hitting perfect shots and it's like hmm. there's Beethoven playing in the background and then he stops <laughs> hitting and then they all go back to hitting terrible shots. So while they were on scene filming that commercial, while he was waiting between scenes, he picked up a, a seven iron and he started juggling a golf ball on the seven iron. Oh, yes. Oh, yep. wow. Yeah. Okay, and then the that. director was like, yo, that's a fire commercial. Like, or that's cool. Like, that should be the, a commercial. So they filmed him doing that. And that became his first ever hit commercial. And then they realized, like, instead of trying to make Tiger fit some broader world peace narrative, we should just, like, let him be weird Tiger. And that's mm-hmm. actually interesting. So you know what's you know what's funny is you know it was funny how when they were initially making trying to make him and like Roger Federer be like best friends and they would right. show up at each other's events and all that and Nike right. was, was behind that and then when his wife took that iron across his mouth <laughs> in the car for trying to be Ron Jeremy he ended he, no he ended Roger Federer ended that like. Yeah, he was like, nah, pimp. Sorry. Now what now what they've done in this comeback of Tiger Woods, they've paired him with Nadal. Yep. And now you see him in Nadal. You know Is that right? Yes. Because mm-hmm. let me say the other day on tenniswarehouse.com, they had a Nadal X Tiger Woods collab shoe. And mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. yeah, I was just browsing like to see if new colorways came out. Exactly. Of our- of our shoes, Bryce, the, the ones we have. Right. Well, because I'm telling you, Roger was like, I'm out. You yep. know, I, I'm not having that affect my brand. And you know, you know, uh, Rafa want to have everything Roger had. So <laughs> he, was like, he was like, he's like, I'm good with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll take my chance with it. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. yeah. My goodness. That, that was a good conversation. Yeah. That's, um, I'm super deep right now because I was recently going on a little Tiger Woods history deep dive. Because to me, of all athletes that have ever existed in my lifetime, he was by far the best and the most electric. I mean, some of the stuff he did on the golf course just makes no damn sense. I I know. Did did I tell you the subdivision I live in is called the Tiger Track because the house he grew up in is on the street behind me? You did. You did it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that house is there. And his mom used to work at the uh, the credit union that I used to work at. Oh, And wow. uh, so there's pictures of her. Actually, I know a lady who gave um, Tiger a set of, you know, like kids clubs when he was like three years old. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Mm. So. Is she getting her Nike royalties? <laughs> no, she, <laughs> she's still working at the credit union. <laughs> What's crazy... What's crazy to think about, the, the other thing I'll say is that on one hand, it's easy to say that, oh, these big companies are racist, you know, because right, right. They, they are, because Venus and Serena did struggle to get sponsorship deals very early. But to be fair, Nike gave 
Tiger Woods $40 million at a time when, like, that deal relatively – that's, like – he got, like, the LeBron deal, the second uh-huh. LeBron deal as, like, a kid before he ever played a, a, a single round of professional golf. Like, Phil Knight the, – the, the story goes, Phil Knight was uh, – or Tiger was, was playing on the amateur tour, and he was still at Stanford, and he was playing an amateur – round at a course called pumpkin ridge outside of uh portland near nike and so phil knight just pulled up there to the tournament with a couple executives and a check and said you know we want you to be a nike athlete and trust me we'll figure it out along the way and they gave him 40 million dollars right there that that that's awesome but there's one thing we we can't ignore either because you got black and then you got black Right. That's very true. That's why I brought this up. That's why yep. I brought this up. Yep. Because I want you to speak to it. Because is, is that what happened? Is, yeah, because yep. yeah, Tiger was like, oh, he's got, he's black, you know. Like, <laughs> but, but you know, Serena Venus was that kind of lock your car, you black. <laughs> yeah. And so that was a whole different ball game when it came to putting out endorsement money. That is the truth. Yeah, them and beads it, is what did and it, And the beads were not helping the story. <laughs> Isn't it crazy to think that, that, like, beads were considered so black and offensive? Like, my little sister, when we were growing up, had beads. And I was like, that's, like, the most dainty, girly thing possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but from, you know, from the eyes of the white market, that's, like, super black and that's, that's not cool. And, and then the crazy <laughs> thing also is, like, thinking about how you could have such a negative judgment over someone with the physical stature of Young Be- I mean, Young Venus was, like, a little twig. Like, what are you mad at? Right, you know? right, like, right. Like, right. it's just crazy how deep-seated that racism was. And then the, la- the last thing is to complicate this a little bit is that it, it seems like it's, it's a game of sort of racial relativism because, mm-hmm. on one hand, Tiger was both, bla- like, not black enough that Nike felt comfortable giving him the deal, but also right. bla- black enough, or in the words of many, many Nike executives in the in the in the immediate time after he got his deal, he was, quote, more athletic looking than any golfer we've ever seen. And you can even say that throughout every one of their briefings, they did a shareholder call after they gave him the deal when Wall Street said, you're crazy. You gave a, you gave this 20 year old kid $40 million. Like the marketing people at Nike are crazy. And they kept saying he's the first time that we get to approach golf from an athletic perspective. Like, and to me, that just says he was black. You know what I mean? Right. That's what they were trying to say. And you know what's interesting? There's kind of a comparison there even with the tennis because for for a while, they they solely referred to Venus and Serena as their athletic ability and having this power game. And like yep. they were these brutes on the court. And Chris Everett. Until, yeah. Did, and it wasn't until... Did you much. say roots on the court? No, brutes. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I like where you were going with that. I like that, though, yeah. But, but and it wasn't until much later in their careers that they started to get credit for the strategy they mm-hmm. used. You know, but they, but they were considered strategic thinkers or, or anything like that. They were just, they were big brutes on the court, and, and, and they were just blowing these, Dainty, nice little girls off the court, right? You know, 
Right. Well, and it didn't help the fact that Martina, uh, Martina Hingis was in the mix as well. And they've always yeah. kind of talked about her creativity and her angles and everything like that, which she had. I mean, I'm not going to take nothing away from Martina Hingis because she did the damn thing. Yeah, Martina uh, doing, Hingis was the goat. Yeah, she did, she did some good things when she was out there as a young one. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it just kind of speaks to that. And, and like I said, fellas, I mean, we have to remember, we're talking about Tiger Woods, who is a lighter skinned brother, and you talk about the sisters. Again, you cannot also take it, uh, take away from the fact that it's also gender. Don't forget about the gender piece as well. Um, and yeah. it's about black and white, or light, yep. light skin versus dark skin. It's, it's about male and female. Yep. And you got two two girls who, you know, come from the hood and they got their beads that are considered kind of hood and they female. And you're supposed to be all dainty and cute, like y'all was saying. And they was like, oh, anybody trying to be dainty and cute? We trying to get out of here and win. <laughs> right. <laughs> Shit, anybody trying to be cute? I'll be cute when I win. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. and so I think a lot of that played, you know, to their disadvantage. Um, you know, it, you know, similar to the other ladies that came before them, you know, you, you BJKs, your Martina Navratilovas and all of them is because they weren't seen as being dainty and cute. Chris Everett was, and that's why she right. got awarded a lot of the stuff that she got. Um, yep. so yeah, we got to always play, put that element in there as well. The gender piece played a heavy role. Yep. And again, right. they, they changed the landscape to me. That is why their story is so ridiculous is they changed the landscape, the landscape across the board. And and I think an added element of their of their their prowess and how impressive they are in both cases is the uh how do you put it? The predetermination that sort of occurred in their careers, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Here's Tiger Woods. Your dad tells you at the age of two years old you're gonna be the best golfer in the world. He literally tells you that. Yep. And he puts a club in your hand and then he raises you in Southern California and you become without a doubt, in my opinion, the best golfer to ever play the game. Mm-hmm. And then in the case of Richard and, and Venus and Serena, your daddy starts teaching you how to play tennis when you're six years old and he doesn't stop. And he tells right. you, you're going to be great one day. And then mm-hmm. you become the greatest, you know, female tennis player ever and her sister. That's incredible. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, the thing, and the other thing that I want to throw on for Richard is, you know, at least with Tiger's dad, you know, he played a little golf, right? That's true. Mm-hmm. R- Richard didn't even play tennis. Richard he learned it from a book. Yes. Learned, learned it from a book. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. That's insane, right? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That's a legendary daddy. But, you know, and I, 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 I was telling Kelly this the other day. It's like, because uh, in my deep dive, I was reading a lot about Earl, mm-hmm. and then I was I was re- you know starting to understand a little bit more. Like as a kid who grew up in the '90s, born in '93, like it, really understanding Earl makes me understand my, my dad a little bit mm. more and like what he had in mind for us. But I feel like if you're a, a dad in that that day, you see Tiger Woods, you see Venus and Serena, you're like, damn. I can make my kid do anything if I actually focus. Right. You know? Right. Exactly. And, and it's so crazy. Like, in a lot of ways, I think they might be responsible for influencing our modern conception of the helicopter parent. Of, of the what? The yeah. helicopter. Yeah. Hel- helico- a helicopter parent is, that's the term for those parents that are just, you know, all over their kids, taking them to and from, uh, taking them to and from, 
practice, picking them up after school, like always got their kids in a new activity and they're just as involved in what their kids are doing as uh, the kids are. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, Earl and, uh, Earl and, and, uh, Richard are like the, the, yeah, right. and they started right. early, early, mm-hmm. early. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, that's and you know and, and and just just because I'm thinking about it right now, I even laugh about Andre Agassi's story. Yeah. Because remember, Andre Agassi's dad started with his older siblings, and right. each one of them didn't pan out. And Andre was the baby; he was the last chance he had for having a child that could play tennis. And and you know the other ones were decent; they played you know junior tennis and all that, but they. Andre was the one who had the right combination of hand-eye coordination, mm-hmm. athleticism, and what he called, I forgot the term he used, but it was basically, he was saying killer instinct. Right. right. You know? Uh, so when you think about Earl, he had one shot and made it happen, right? <laughs> v- Venus and Serena. Richard did it on the one shot with both of them. Think about it, because one of them could have been good and one of them may not have been good. Right, he, right. He got both of them, you know. Oh, good, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, you know. Um, J- James Lauer said in the comments, Stephon Marbury. Stephon Marbury, all of his brothers were electric basketball players in the New York City area, but Stephon was the best. And then, obviously, we look to the, the modern case of this, you know, Lonzo Ball. I mean, yeah. right. La- La- Lamelo is Lamelo's got the juice, and he's the baby. Yeah, yeah. You mm-hmm. you have to say it's something about the youngest. One of the things that we've said before, and I think my mom was the first one that gave me this uh, idea, with Serena being kind of like the goat of tennis. She said that Venus was the prototype. You know, there were things in Venus's game that never got fixed mm-hmm. that were fixed in Serena's game. Yeah. And 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 that's why and, and Richard always said, you know, Venus is very stubborn, you know, yeah. uh and, and Venus can shake off things really well. So for Venus, Venus could lose a match and be like, Okay, you got me today, but I'll get you tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. But he said Serena wasn't stubborn. He said Serena was mean. He said mean. Serena was mean like a mom. Mm-hmm. He did. And hate, yeah, and hated to lose yep. and would be and would do anything to win. And so you saw that development in Serena's game over time, right? Mm-hmm. She she used to be just like Venus, you know, just very power and all that. But then you started to see Serena develop elements in her game with the angles and the spins and and everything which started to give her what we call these, you know, plan A games, mm-hmm. plan B games, Intangible. plan C games. Yep. Right. Where Venus always just kind of had plan A. Right. You know, either it was working that day or it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And these were things that were refined in Serena's game that she, that, you know, were learned from the mistakes that Richard made really with Venus. Right. And I think it also speaks a little bit even to their body type as well. I think Venus, of course, is a lot a lot longer and leaner like Richard, whereas Serena's a bit more kind of developed like Orsine. So it it just makes for, you know, I think technique wise, you know, you've got you've got Serena's technique is, to me has always been much better than Venus's on the forehand and the serve side. I mean backhand even, Venus Yeah, go ahead. Well, even though I think Venus has the more tennis body. I, I, would say agree. I agree. Yeah. 
I agree. Yeah, I, I'm yep. shocked that Serena can move around. Yeah, Serena's a great athlete. That's that's yeah. that's the right. genes. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, well, I, I'm just glad we have lived in this period to have have you know witnessed these because I'm telling you what, as we get older. You know, hopefully, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna be like those old people. Like, I remember when <laughs> I remember back when first came out. Exactly. I remember when, Tiger, when Tiger Woods, his house was his house was behind my house <laughs> <laughs> in the right? barbershop, Right. Yeah. Barber exactly. Stories. Exactly. Oh wow. Well, look, this has been a great, great conversation, Howard. Thanks for coming up and not only sharing the the app store news, but also bringing in the, the Tiger Wood, Woods uh, comparison uh, to, to the Venus Serena story. Um, I, I will ask you one, one more thing since you've been doing a, a deep dive there. We've heard about, you know, um, both a Richard and a v- Venus and Serena, uh, you know, stories and movies. Uh, is, is there any talk out there about a Tiger or is it too early for him? Uh, you're on mute. So, sorry, sorry, sorry. I was on <laughs> mute. You said, you said, is it is it time for a Tiger movie yet? Yeah. Have you heard anything about a Tiger movie or an Earl movie or? Um. Oh my gosh. Let me just say, I would be so sad if they did the Tiger movie and made it about Earl. Um, it should well, be about it should be about Tiger because Tiger is a freakazoid and Tiger's life is just crazy. Um, but it's not too it's not too early. It's not too early. Because I'm going to tell you what, Earl, it may need to be a different movie so it doesn't take away from Tiger, but Earl got a story. Mm. Yes. <laughs> I mean, Earl's got a story. Earl, <laughs> Earl might have lived in as many places in this world as you did, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Earl has definitely got a story. Um, but yeah, but you haven't heard anything yet on, on Tiger or Earl. I mean, no, yeah, I don't, as far as I know, there isn't a Tiger movie. The problem with the Tiger movie, and this is the challenge with with people like this, his life story is too long. It's been too incredible. I mean, he was on um, that TV show at age three years old. So it's like, yeah, if you want to tell the true lore of Tiger Woods, you have nonstop straight progressive action until he turns, how old is he now? 40 something? Until he turns yeah. like 40. Like, this is the first time in Tiger's entire life that there's a down period this past seven years. And even then, even if you wanted to tell the story of the down period, you'd still have to fuck that up because last year he won the Masters, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> this guy doesn't rest. This guy has been at the top for so long. And even when he wasn't at the top last year, he still managed managed to make for a crazy story. So mm-hmm. I think the Tiger sh- movie should actually be a doc. Right. Uh, or, or the Tiger movie should actually be a, a limited mini, series. Mini, mini series. Oh, mini right. series. Yeah. yeah, like The Last yeah. Dance or something. Yep. The Last Dance. I mean, just his whole his dating scandal. It, yeah, it has to be The Last Dance, and that reminds me. You know, his best friend is Michael Jordan. Hmm. Yeah. Now, and that one was true, right? I mean, versus maybe they were initially set up by Nike, but then they forged. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, the story on that one is that Tiger and um, MJ got along because, well, first of all, Tiger hates, hated the press 
after his first GQ story where they quoted his crude jokes about, you know, penises, which we don't have to recap here. But then <laughs> after that, you know, at age 18, he said, I'm never doing a story again. So he hated the press. And the, the, apparently Michael Jordan took interest in him because of the level at which he was winning. And Nike put them together um, at Michael's behest. And then um, as they became friends, Tiger was like, yo, this is the only guy on earth I can open up to. This is the only guy who is as competitive and, and as uh, high up in his field as mm-hmm, I am. Right. Uh, and so that's how they became friends. And uh, even though, you know, Michael's 10 years older than, than Tiger. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Well, that's, well and, and that's where there was an opportunity, you would think, for some good mentorship, you know. It would be an opportunity for good mentorship. Instead, it turned into those two and Charles Barkley hanging out at strip clubs and mentorship as well. That's, that's mentorship, don't you? That's a form of mentorship. Let's hey see. shit, mentor me. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. hilarious. That, oh, that's what goodness. they did together. That's the story, is they just went to strip clubs and casinos together you know, lost millions of dollars on the golf course to each other. Right. Loves golf and he's crazy. Yep. That sounds like a pretty fun. Yeah. 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 They both both had drama, uh, serious drama in their lives. And that's true. Wow. So, well, okay then. Well, this has been a nice long extended edition of brothers on tennis this week, but featuring featuring brothers on golf. (laughs) <laughs> I know. Well, well, you know, there's an association between the two. So that's right. Uh, that's right. But we appreciate you, Howard, for coming up and, and chatting it up with us um, this week. And uh, we'll we'll probably have to put this one on our website. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I love it. See so, you on uh, see you on the app store tomorrow, gentlemen. Hey, yes, we'll absolutely. Do, we'll be out there. Yes. All right. Well, Isaac, any final words you have for uh, this week? This was a good one. This was a good one. I said I, I think we got pretty deep on this one, which is cool, man. You know, good, good talk, and uh, yeah, hopefully the folks out there are, you know, enjoying themselves, and that you have a good rest of your week. All right. Well, thanks everyone for joining, and we'll be back here same time next week, six o'clock p.m. Pacific time on Locker Room. Everyone, have a great one. Take care. <laughs> 